Hey, you're listening to The Writer Show. Welcome back if you're a regular listener. If this is your first time, this is the podcast where I talk to writers and discover once you get them talking, they can't shut up, which is good for you because they talk about the art, craft and business of writing. So buckle up because today we're talking to G.C. Lamb about his critically acclaimed first novel, The Card Collector. It's a brooding, dark masterpiece about obsession, the deep, dark web, and an ultimate clash of good versus evil. I spoke to G.C. Lamb from his base in Cambodia. Congratulations on the card collector. What's the reaction? What's the reaction been to the book? It's been quite interesting. Uh, I've given the, I've actually ordered a couple of copies from Amazon, and they've sent it to me via DHL from America. <clears throat> it was quite expensive because the book actually is quite large. It's I've got one copy in my hand right here, and it's a great. It's quite a large, large paperback actually. A lot larger than I than I assumed it would be. Um, it looks a lot larger than an A5, but <clears throat> yeah. So that was quite heavy when I ordered three of them, and I gave one of I gave out one to a few people here who have read the book, and they've all been incredibly impressed. Actually, you know, actually surprisingly impressed, considering they they are friends of mine with a without really um, knowing me that well, but they are friends sort of thing. And so they were very, very impressed and surprised by the, by the, the book itself. So, so far, so good. Um, I haven't had any bad feedback as yet, but uh, who's to say that might not come? <laughs> it must be great having it in your hands. Like you made this Yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty weird, actually. Uh, the, the last book I did write was just a small travelling guidebook for musicians, and that you could fold into three thing, three ways, and put it in your pocket. But this one, this one, you need a bag to, to carry it. So yeah, it's a, it's quite an achievement. It's it's quite a thick book. You could use it for self defence as well, perhaps. You could actually, yeah. It would be nasty to be being clubbed by one of my books. <laughs> I think I think just by reading that you're going to get clubbed already. Well, it's a hell of a read, and it's your first venture into the crime thriller genre. What inspired yeah. you to write this story? I think a lot of pent up anger, uh, frustration. This was during the pandemic, so uh, you know everybody was trying to find something to do during the pandemic, being locked down and. I found uh, I found it very frustrating being locked down in my place. So I think it was just a matter of um, a little more frustration out of anything that I had to do something. I have to do something with my mind, otherwise it's going to rot. And being music being my my main uh, direction in life, uh, that was one choice. But I just found it. Um, I just found it just not interesting enough for me in that lockdown situation. So I I started bringing back all these vivid uh, memories of when I was a teenager and all the, some of the horrible things that 
I had to <coughs> endure as a teenager in Australia. And so all those things, I wrapped it all up, all that frustration, all that anger, um, the anger, I, I guess, more towards what was going on in Australia with the lockdown. And I brought all that together and I combined it with a deep, dark web. And I made up these characters. None of them represent me personally, but uh, I created the characters well, to someone who might be out there thinking those sort of things and, uh, you know, if they had the opportunity, what would they do? And with the deep, dark web, it became a really easy uh, escape avenue to paint all that uh, depraved, bizarre thoughts that some people... I think most of us have them, but we never act upon them, of course, but uh, it's... When you're writing crime fiction, it's it's quite easy to use all those those horrible thoughts and throw them into another character and let them think about it. Put the blame on somebody else, for example. It's great characterization in the book. And you, you've obviously done quite a bit of research to get the feel of the, the different worlds in the book, the police world, the deep, dark web world, you know, the hospital world. But what, what's your approach to research? Well, I had a I had a police detective where I where I lived. A senior police detective helped me a lot. I had quite a few meetings with him to get the um, the procedure in law enforcement uh, in Australia. Uh, he helped me quite a bit with that. He knew nothing about the deep dark web though, but he didn't he did tell me uh, that they you know they have a cyber crime division in. Um, in, in Australia, who worked with the federal police, uh, that that combined with the research I did about the deep dark web. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't go into the deep dark web unless you really go all the way, and you need quite a lot of money to do that as well. So you can only research so much without actually experiencing what goes on in the deep dark web. And there's three levels, of course. You know, you've got the internet that everybody uses every day. Then you've got the dark web, which is a lower level down into the web. And that, that is a place where you can buy, you know, uh, fake passports and licenses and diplomas and guns and drugs and that sort of thing. And then you've got the deep dark web. So you've got three different levels and most people don't go far beyond the internet. The ones that do go to the dark web but uh, the, the really savvy cyber criminals, the ones that really know what's going on with a lot of money, they're the ones that lurk around the deep dark web. And mm. it's, a real, it's a place that nobody wants to go to, really. You don't want to go there. It's a dark world. Yeah. It's all hidden and, and there's no credit cards, there's no bank accounts, there's nothing. It's all cryptocurrency. Everything's untraceable. Everything that goes on there is untraceable, so uh, you know it's it's almost impossible for law enforcement to to make a dent in solving anything that goes on there. Great premise for a story. How long from your idea to having the book in your hand did it take? Uh, about a year now. It was almost one year. I actually. I actually sat down and started writing very quickly. It flowed out like an unstoppable flood. Uh, 
I actually started writing six hours a day. Uh, by the time I'd finished uh, with the draft, it was 265,000 words, about 800 pages. Uh, way too big for anyone to to look at. And, and I, I couldn't afford to, obviously, line edit a large book like that and then try and put it out there. So after doing a lot of, um, getting a lot of advice from other other up-and-coming authors and Facebook groups that deal with uh, writers, uh, I trimmed the book down. I had to take out at least five characters out of the book. Um, so obviously there is a prequel to this to this first one. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of the information I took out of that book, uh, the characters much more. You know, it's 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 also a lot a lot of disturbing stuff I took out as well because I thought that might be crossing the line legally. Yeah, <laughs> it's still a very confronting read, but um, I mean, you know, it's so was Silence of the Lambs when you get down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think Silence of the Lambs, Pulp Fiction, and a lot of these other book uh, 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 movies were, you know, Tarantino was inspired by the older horror movies and those sort of uh, those sort of stories, and he combined a lot of that with his movies, Pulp Fiction and, and Reservoir Dogs and, and these other, other movies, and all that horror stuff. Uh, I think I took a little bit out of all those movies and threw it in the book as well. So there, there might be a line in there somewhere not plagiarised, but very similar to yeah. what you might have seen on, in that movie that you watched, that horror movie that you watched. And so, yeah, I, a lot of that, a lot of, to, to get that real horror feeling, uh, I was thinking about some horror films to relate to it. Well, it's very visual. Like, um, <clears throat> I can imagine there's a Netflix series or... Big yeah. movie, but yeah. Well, you know, surprisingly enough, those rent rooms that, that I talk about in the book, no one knows for sure if they exist or not. And that's the mystery about this book. Yeah, yeah. Because it gives you the idea that those rooms are there in the deep dark web. Uh, and it's only people like rich people, politicians, and powerful people that can, they're the only people that can afford to be a part of that. Yeah. The everyday, the average everyday Joe bloke cannot doesn't have that sort of money or power. So the book gives you that that inclination that it's all true, but it's up to the reader to decide if it, if it is or not. This is, of course, your second book. You you touched on Troubadour Travels before. You want to talk about that book a little because that sort of set you off on your your self publishing trip. Yeah. Um, well, I spent most of my adult years travelling around, travelling around the world, and I used uh, I used music, playing live music as a as a way of funding my my travels, playing under the radar, even playing in places like Morocco and Northern Africa, uh, where obviously you're not going to make much money, but you can make enough to to um, get a hotel room, have a meal. And that sort of inspired me to 
to write about that sort of story and give it out there to others, amateur musicians uh, or people, young people that want to travel. They're not sure if they can if, if they can take their instrument with them or they're not sure if they can work overseas uh, under the radar. And, you know, most backpackers tend to work under the radar anyway, behind a bar or in a restaurant or especially in Southeast Asia and Europe. So that was the, the reason behind the book. Uh, I put it out on Amazon and uh, I sold a few hundred copies. Um, I guess my biggest problem with Trip and All Travels was the marketing aspect of it. No, I, it was all brand new to me, so I uh, uh, I started a Facebook page for Trip and All Travels. That was quite successful, but I think as far as proper marketing goes, strategy, I'm I'm, I'm still in the dark on, on that one. But Trip and All Travels is a testament to it's not my story, but it's a it's a a way of describing like a guidebook of how you can do it too if you if you want to go out there and try. Uh, there are some things in there that I that I would call my story, but um, most of the book is generally just a guidebook. You've certainly um, done a lot of travelling and you've been splitting your time between Southeast Asia and Australia for quite a while now. What do you love about yeah. the lifestyle in Southeast Asia? Well, I like... Uh, <laughs> I like the freedom of Southeast Asia. Uh, there seems to be a lot more freedom here than in Australia lately. Uh, I, uh, it's a very, it's like living in, it, it is like living, if you were to live in England or less, it's just, or living in Europe, you're only a few hours away from other countries. Yeah. Uh, it's very easy to just to travel to and from uh, those countries, less than three hours. So the same goes for Southeast Asia. You could be based anywhere, like Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Philippines, but you're all, all those countries are just a few hours away by plane. So you do have a better choice. Uh, you know, obviously, when, when you leave Australia, it takes six hours just to leave the country. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, <it's> ridiculous. <laughs> no wonder Australians... I wonder Australians like to travel for a long time because it took, took such a long time just to leave the country. Although the landscape, landscape if you fly during the day over from Sydney to Perth, it's beautiful. What advice would you give to young writers listening to this podcast who want to write and self-publish a book? I would say you've got to be determined. You've got to be able to... You can't force yourself to write. The myth about writer's block is laziness. That's what I put it down to, is laziness. Yeah. If you have writer's block, it means it means your ideas are there in your head. You've just got to bring them out. If you're sitting in front of your laptop and you can't even type one word, then change the style of your genre. Change the style of your writing. Try something different. Whatever... Whatever makes you keep typing and, and not stop for hours, that's what you've got to stick with. If you try to write something that's, that's not part of you, it's not going to work. And you could write 40 pages, 50 pages, and then you might stop. And what have you done? 
you've got 50 pages of something that you don't really want to finish. And the hardest thing about writing the book is finishing the book. It's yeah. the most hardest. You, know, you can you can get halfway there, a third of the way, even three quarters. But that's just the beginning once you finish the book, because then you, unless you're a brilliant, brilliant academic, then you need somebody to help you line edit the book and make sure it all comes together, it flows. And unfortunately, that does cost money. There's no cheap way of producing a book. There is no cheap way. Uh, as I said, you can use programs like Grammarly, Pro Writing Aid. These are all helpful, but you need somebody who is a professional line editor to go through the book and say, well, it's, this would sound better if it was written like this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you have, to, you have to accept some things have to be changed in your book to make it flow and make the make the reader keep the reader's interest. And then once you've line edited it, then you must have a proofread. Once you've got your book proofread, then you design your cover. Once the cover's designed, you put it all together on Amazon. You have to make sure that it's the right format for Amazon. Uh, you have to make sure if you if you use it another online platform, you've got to make sure that it's the right format for that particular platform. So it is a it is a arduous process. It can be uh, very frustrating, and it can be expensive. So you really need to find the right person that's going to help you with your line editing, with your proofreading. And it also depends on the size of the book, of course. The average novel is about eighty to 90,000 words. So you are going to need at least under, I would say, under $1,000 anyway, just to make sure your book is properly finished, edited. Yeah. And you can write the book and it can sit there and it sit there on the shelf. It'll sit in your laptop. And you can do nothing, or you can do something. I think I found I found uh, emotional being being highly emotional at the particular time you want to start the book is very important. Create create the character if you are doing fiction, of course. Create that character and use take all your your frustrations and whatever else you might have in your emotions and put it into that character and talk about him as you write. And for me, uh, my main character, Herman Kappa, in, in The Car Collector, uh, when I started to write about him, I couldn't stop. You know, there was just page after page after page. And it started from when he was born to, to his school years, to his teenage years, to his troubled times as a as a young adult, uh, you know, and everyone around him was a victim. It seemed, and so that emotion can cause somebody to write very a lot of pages. And if you're enjoying it, 
then do it every day. But once you stop and take a few days' rest, that's when you can lose the whole motivation of finishing yeah. the book. Lose the momentum. You can't let other things distract you. So, you know, like, I think the best advice for everyone who wants to be an up-and-coming writer is apply to the government for another lockdown. <laughs> certainly it helped you. <laughs> yeah, it certainly did. Yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, look, it took me back. It's fascinating to me how much art came out of the lockdown, like people written books. There's been bands creating new albums, you know, you, you, right. you, you didn't hear from them for 18 months during the lockdown. All of a sudden they'd pop up with a brand new album they've been recording in secret. Right. Well, you know, I think The Card Collector was the same for me. Uh, I just recently published on social media that um, my book is out. Um, a lot of friends of mine were completely sideswiped by that. Yeah. No one expected it. Like no one even expected I could write. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can and you wrote very well. It's a, I've, I've read the book, as you know. Um, it's yes. a great read. Like I, I think I read it in three or four nights. A lot of momentum in it and you want to find out what happens next. And, and yeah, and I've got the same feedback from others, the same yeah. thing. It's a page turner. That's it. And with, with me... Um, and I guess with a lot of people, particularly in, in thriller, thrillers, if nothing's happening, you just go, eh. <laughs> it's it's too hard. hard. Like you, 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 you want to get a sense that you've got to turn the page. What's going to happen next? This, I didn't see that coming. And, and you did it. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope, hopefully the, the prequel will be just as, just as disturbing. Well, that's my next question. <laughs> so yeah, you've got a you've got a prequel. I, I was going to ask if there a sequel plan, but a prequel. So yeah. Well, I think it's. I think you you would describe it as a prequel because it's it's um, it's all the descriptions of the characters in depth, their lives, their personal lives. Uh, as I said, I had to take out quite a few characters to trim the book down. So with the prequel, those characters will be added back into the book. And uh, the thing about the hardest thing about the, the, the card collector is is to give the person a reason to to read the second book. And yeah. I had I had to do that at the end, as you know. I had to I couldn't kill off the characters because I had too much I had too much uh, work spare work on my computer to just throw <laughs> that away. So yeah, yeah. you know, I had to I had to let all those those dubious criminals escape at the end. Except for Herman, of course. Herman's in jail, but he'll be out soon. Where where can listeners find out more about the card collector and buy themselves a copy? Well you can buy it on Amazon. Uh, obviously if you just type in the card collector, G C Lab, uh you can find it on Amazon. It's on as an ebook or paperback. There's also a hardcover. Uh, Ingram Sparks also has uh, published my book, so I'm waiting on uh, someone to 
to order one through them. Uh, as I said, it's just come out in the last in the last few minutes, uh, last few days, sorry. And so everything's all brand new at the moment. Uh, so at the moment, Amazon's your best bet. If you want to find the book on Amazon, it's available in 10 different languages, I'm, I'm quite sure. So 10, 10 ways to scare you. Fantastic. Well, we'll leave it there. And um, it's been great, great talking to you about the book. And um, Thank you, Jeff, yeah. Look forward to reading the prequel. Yes, well, maybe if there's another lockdown, it'll happen within a year. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. G.C. Lamb. Check out our show notes on thewritershow.com. You'll find more info about Graham and links to his book, The Card Collector. Highly recommended, so uh, get yourself a copy. The Writer Show podcast is produced by Madhouse Media Publishing. Now, we can help you get your book published. You can find out more and get in contact through our website at madhousemedia.com.au. That's it for this week. I'm your host, Jeff Hughes. By the way, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review. Podcasting's a weird thing. We can look at all the stats and see who's listening, what country they're from, etc., etc. But a nice review makes it all worthwhile. Till next time, keep creative.